You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Gretchen Whitmer's selection of a running mate today sets a pretty pretty clear course ahead for the general election. Garland Gilchrist is a young progressive who has proven to be a prolific fundraiser and a pretty hardworking campaigner. Whitmer's campaign hopes he can help get voters excited to show up to the polls in November, especially those young progressives, as well as folks here in Detroit where Whitmer struggled in the primary election. These were voters that Whitmer's main opponents in the primary election also courted. Abdul El-Sayed came away with just over 30 percent of Democratic votes for governor, but it was the enthusiasm and grassroots nature of his campaign that turned a lot of heads, so much so that many people here thought he should be Whitmer's choice for running mate. So what's next for Dr. El Syed? What did he learn from his historic run for governor here in Michigan? And what are his plans for the future? Joining me now to talk about all of that is Abdul El Syed, former Democratic candidate for governor, former director of the Detroit Health Department. Abdul, it's good to see you. It's good to see you as well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I said when you walked in, you don't see any worse. You don't seem any worse for the wear. I know how hard the campaign was, uh, but you seem to have bounced back. Well, I, um, you know, I got to, I, I had a baby girl in the middle of the campaign. Yeah. She's uh, yeah. eight and a half months old, and uh, for the last week, I, I got to spend uh, almost a whole week uninterrupted with her. Yeah, and that's great. The beautiful thing about kids is that there's there's no better source of levity. Um, you know, she's still got that big uh, gummy smile. And, uh, you know, I, I think um, she's reminded me what we work for as always. Yeah. And so uh, it's been nice to, to sort of reconnect with, with my family and, and, and my life. Um, and, uh, you know, I look forward to what, what's, what's coming in November and into the future. So the, the, the path is, is long. Um, it's the same path I'll keep walking. Yeah. Yeah. So let's start here uh, with Election Day. Uh, I, I watched your campaign as closely as anybody else. I saw all of the enthusiasm that you uh, were able to to, to get people uh, into during the campaign. And, you know, I was telling people the week before, I was like, he might just pull this off. He might just have come from relatively uh, unknown territory to, to become the Democratic nominee for governor, and then election day came, and it wasn't nearly as close as I thought it would be. Uh, what happened? Well, I, I think the the enthusiasm that you're talking about is real, and um, we were able to build a movement, and um, you know, and, and, and really bring it to fruition. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that um, <clears throat> a couple of things. Number one, there's historic turnout, and uh, I think this this election cycle, for very good reason, and it's something that I'm very thankful for. Uh, has just been very, very good to female candidates. And mm-hmm. I think that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I'm not a female candidate, and so it did not benefit me. But uh, but we saw just a historic turnout <clears throat> of, uh, of, of of women and also um, support for female candidates. And I think that's that's part of it. I think the other part of it is also that, um, you know, I, I was running against um, Senator Whitmer as well as uh, an individual who uh, had purported progressive credentials um, with nothing to show for them. And uh, and I think in a lot of ways he and You're I talking split about votes. Shri Tandar. Yeah. Um, I, you know, Shri uh, sort of ran his campaign 
trying to choose progressivism as the flavor of the month for himself and uh, spent $11 million. And then the other part of it is that we were just outspent um, uh, in huge ways uh, across the board uh, by both Shree and Gretchen. And um, and so as much of the grassroots enthusiasm that we had, we got flooded on TV, uh, especially in that last week. Um, and uh, and unfortunately, given the, the nature of politics today... That matters. It matters a lot. Yeah. And... Um, as much as we raised uh, without touching a dime of corporate money, you know, five million dollars, it just was not enough to um, to be able to compete in those last critical weeks. And right. so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm proud of the movement we built, and I'm particularly proud that we stayed true to our message and never budged on what we believed and what we built on. Um, and I think that matters a lot. Uh, but in the end, it wasn't enough. And hats off to Senator Whitmer for running a strong campaign. And you know, uh, as I've spoken with her. Um, I'm, 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 um, I think it's particularly important that uh, those who supported me right now turn around and make sure that there's not a Bill Schuette governorship. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a, there's a difference in, uh, in obviously perspective. But uh, if you think about um, a warrior in your mind's eye, one of those old traditional Roman warriors, um, the warrior had a spear and the warrior had a, a shield. <laughs> and while we were trying to be the spear to yeah. move forward on progressive policy, um, I think it's really important that we keep our shield, and I think Senator Whitmer is going to be a fantastic shield, and we'll move forward on issues that matter a lot. Um, and while we may have differences uh, on, on particular issues that, that matter a lot to me, um, I do know that she'll be a far better governor um, for poor and working people than Bill Schuette could ever imagine being. Mm-hmm. And um, particularly with the appointment of, of Garland as her running mate, you know, Garland's someone I got to work with at the health department. Right, he is right. a, a supremely talented public servant, um, somebody who I think... Uh, brings um, a lot to the ticket and, you know, will bring a lot to the state, uh, helping to move our state into the 21st century. And so I'm really excited that he is the uh, the running mate. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many politicians I've uh, talked with over my career or seen run for uh, for office who say, it's not about this race. It's not about my candidacy. I'm building a movement. And that movement will continue no matter what the outcome is on Election Day. And I, I have to say, I have not seen a lot of movements uh, survive, uh, survive an Election Day lost. What, what is it about what you started that you believe has power going forward? And, and how, will we, how will we see that play out? So we defined um, this this run on a very particular set of ideals uh, about what it meant to take our country back to the ideals it was founded on, a government for the people and by the people. Um, those ideals are not mine. <laughs> those ideals are ours as Americans. Um, they are our birthright. And so what we've always tried to do, and, and, and for me personally as a candidate, I always wanted my candidacy to reflect that core fundamental um, and the people who came together around it. Mm-hmm. And that hasn't changed. Um, you know, I hope that we can continue to lead on that front. And, uh, you know, as, as, as a lot of attention was paid, I'm relatively young. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and you got a little time. I've got some time. Um, and, and what I've seen and what I've watched is even in these last, uh, this, this last week and a half since, uh, since the election, um, People have really coalesced into groups um, that they formed, uh, engaging the campaign and volunteering together. And those groups, I think, are what's going to keep uh, this movement alive. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I'm for me, I don't know what's next. 
but I do know that the path that I've tried to walk um, around building justice and equity and sustainability into our state and into our country, um, that's the same path I'm going to continue to walk. And my hope is that I can walk that with uh, the 340,000 people who honored me with their vote um, and the many more across the country who were excited and enthused by this. Uh, and we'll keep building it and we'll keep moving um, the conversation forward and trying to create facts on the ground that uh, give poor and working people access to the kinds of lives that they deserve. Mm-hmm. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Abdul El-Sayed, the former Democratic candidate for governor, former director of the Detroit Health Department. We're talking about his historic run for governor, which came just short on Election Day. We're talking about the movement that seemed to coalesce around Abdul El-Sayed and his ideas in this campaign, what becomes of that now. And we're talking about what he might be doing in the future. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. 1019. Tell us what you think about uh, Abdul El-Sayed's run for governor. Tell us if you voted for him and whether, if you did, are you disappointed that Gretchen Whitmer is the nominee in November and I'm looking for inspiration to stay on that side of uh, the ticket in November. Uh, tell us what you think about the movement that seemed to grow up around Abdul El-Sayed. Is that something you support? What would you like to see come out of it in the future? Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work you in the conversation. Before we get to listeners' calls and questions, Abdul, I want to talk some about your faith, which you and I have talked about Uh, quite a bit here on the program, even before you announced uh, your run for governor. And then, of course, uh, your faith became an issue uh, at at, uh, certain points in in the campaign. Uh, We we also saw on Election Day uh, this year another historic uh, first. uh, uh, Rashida Tlaib uh, won the primary for to replace uh, John Conyers in in Congress, uh, assuming that she sails through in November, which she should, uh, she will become the first uh, Muslim-American woman to serve in in, in Congress. Uh, I wonder what you make of our, um, our obsession with religion and ethnicity and all of those things in politics, how that in the final analysis from you affected your run for governor and whether you feel like we made any progress uh, as, as a state. Well, first, I have to say I'm really proud of Rashida uh, and also Ilhan Omar uh, in Minnesota. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. If you look at the hue and and, and the perspective of Congress um, in, 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 in 2019, it's going to look very different. And I'm really excited about that. Um, and I hope that my run um, had something to do with helping uh, Rashida and, and building the kind of uh, conversation that empowers different kinds of folks to stand up and run. Um, one of the things I said before I even decided to run is I made peace with whatever the outcome was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't believe that as a candidate, you can, uh, you can point to any aspect of your demography and say, that's either why I won or why I lost. Because, you know, as, as somebody who's aspiring to public office, you come with the package you are. Mm-hmm. The thing that I was not going to do, though, was going to apologize or run away from 
uh, my faith or my ethnicity. And so, you know, I'm proud to say that the person I was before I decided to run, while I was running, and after I ran is the same. I don't run away from the fact that I'm Muslim, that uh, I'm Egyptian-American. Those are, those are things I'm very proud of. And I think um, in a lot of ways help to serve uh, the ideas of the Constitution that both guarantees me the right um, to pursue happiness as I choose to pursue it, and then also to aspire to that highest ideal of citizenship, which mm-hmm. is uh, which is public service. And so, um, for both of those things, I, I think what we've done is made the soil a little softer uh, and a little bit more nourishing for people who will run afterwards. And it's not just Muslims; um, it's anybody who has been told that they're just not enough. They're not, you know, whatever it is, white enough, or they're not straight enough or they're not Christian <laughs> enough um, to, to stand up and say, you know what, as an American, I am enough. And um, and I can aspire to public leadership just like anybody else. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I, I think what we're going to see is that the long game is going to change a lot because of people like Ilhan and Rashida. Uh, and I hope that I had something to contribute to that. Yeah. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Dr. Abdul El-Sayed. We want to hear from you as well. Scott and Westland, Stephen Royal Oak, Stephen Lansing, we will get to you after the break. We've also got some Twitter questions for Dr. El-Sayed. And if you want to join the conversation, remember 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks for joining us. My guest is Abdul El-Sayed, former Democratic candidate for governor, former director of the Detroit Health Department. We're talking about his historic run for governor in 2018 and what we might see next, both out of him and out of the movement that seemed to coalesce around Dr. El-Sayed during the campaign. As always, if you want to join the conversation, 313 577 1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to Facebook, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. All right, we got a lot of folks here queued up to talk with you. Um, let's start with Deborah in St. Clair Shores. Deborah, welcome to Detroit Today. Um, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just like to make a comment that um, I supported the doctor. And, doctor, um, I want you to continue your movement. And, um, um, I just really agree with all of your political views, and I'm honored that I was able to support your campaign. And I want you to continue on this journey of helping the poor and helping people that are in dire need of better health care, better employment, Mm -hmm. better wages, etc. That's really all I want to say. And thank you for running, and please continue on your journey. And you have my... Full support. Yeah, Deborah, I, I really appreciate the call and the comments. And that brings us back to the question of how to do that, right? What does that look like going forward? And and not that I think you should have the answers immediately. You know, it's only been a couple of weeks since the election. Maybe take some time, <laughs> relax, and think about things. But I think there is a lot of enthusiasm still for some of the things you were talking about during the campaign. And people want to see that still play out in the in the political conversation. Well, first of all, Deborah, I really appreciate you. Um, thank you for your support and thank you for being a part of this. Um, the, the thing about this movement is that it's, it's you. It's, it's people like Deborah. It's people all over the state uh, who are demanding a more just, more equitable, more sustainable Michigan. And 
I think in terms of how we operationalize it, I mean, let's just step back. Democracy is really three things. It's uh, the, the freedom to vote um, and a free and fair election, but it's also civil society and a free press. And um, so much of what we do is about how we organize about the kind of world that we want. And I always used to say and still say that, that the two fundamental questions that are the substrate of our democracy are who are we and who do we want to be? And those questions don't end. And so how we operationalize it and how we crystallize it, I think there's going to be a lot of different ways. Um, and I think it's going to be far beyond whatever it is that, that I do next. Um, that being said, I do know that, uh, you know, I, I am committed to a to career in public service and uh, I'll likely run again. I just don't know when or for what. Um, mm. uh, but I do know that the, the, the push for supporting candidates um, with like-minded views who are focused on getting corporate money out of politics, on making sure that everybody in our state has access to health care, on standing up for 100% renewable energy, on making sure that folks have access to $15 in a union, um, that, that is work that is imminent for me in yeah. the next three months to make sure that those folks get past the finish line in November. Um, and then beyond that, uh, making sure that we're organizing around those principles uh, and moving people because the power of this movement is people like Deborah. It's yeah. people standing up and demanding these things and doing the work of, of making sure that their elected officials are answering to them. Yeah. Uh, Via on Twitter has a really interesting question. She says uh, she wants to know what you would say to a person who voted for you but then says, I won't vote for governor at all now because Gretchen Whitmer didn't pick you to be her lieutenant governor candidate. Uh, I, I will admit uh, here on the air that that I was somebody after Mackinac uh, and the debate up there who said, I don't know. It seems like to me if, if, if Whitmer wins, the strongest person who could help her uh, win in November probably would be Abdul El-Sayed. And uh, a lot of people laughed at me for saying that and, and sort of poo-pooed it. Um, it didn't happen. But but what do you say to people who who wanted that to happen and are now saying, I might sit out in November? Well, I, I would just say this. I, I think the your vote matters and your voice matters. Um, and the the thing that they all want us to do is is to not voice um, our support. And I am supporting Gretchen and Garland. And uh, I will say that um, Garland Gilchrist is somebody I have deep respect for because I worked with him. Um, and the way he does his work, the the, the focus that he has uh, on poor and working people and what I think he will bring to the ticket and bring to the administration matters a lot. Um, and I'll also say that, you know, for, for us, um, we have to remember that if we are stuck with a Bill Schuette governorship for four to eight years, the consequences that are going to be borne on poor and working people in this state are clear. They are coming for health care. They are coming for what's left of union rights. They are coming uh, for uh, renewable energy and a focus on taking us back to the fossil fuel age. Um, all of the things that that we believe in and we work for mm -hmm. uh, will be torn asunder by somebody like Bill Schuette. And so to me, the imminent responsibility of getting uh, Gretchen elected is about making sure that we have somebody who's willing to be a shield uh, for us in state government and also somebody who uh, who has to listen to our voice. And um, and so I would say, don't sit this one out. That's exactly what they want you to do. Um, and I said at my, my concession speech, don't Abdul or bust me. Um, uh, because, because we need to make sure that we are pushing forward so that we have public servants 
uh, in those positions that will defend the things that we care about, and more importantly, people who are forced to listen when we speak. And um, and I think those things matter. So, like I said, don't Abdul or bust me. Uh, get behind uh, Gretchen and Garland. I am, and I'm doing it because I want to make sure that my little girl grows up in a state where uh, she's got great public schools, where people have access to health care, um, and where we're not asking questions about poverty and criminalizing it uh, so that people get access to basic rights. Yeah. Uh, again, thanks very much for the call and the comments. Deborah. let's go to Delphine in South Lyon. Delphine, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi. Thank you for uh-huh. taking my call. Sure. I wanted to explain to Abdul why I did not vote for him. Uh, I admire his energy, and he's right on target. Uh, but I just knew that outstate he would he would be prejudiced against because of his religion, and it's hard to say, but it's true. Mm. I'm afraid. But keep up your wonderful work. I'm with the Michigan Alliance to Strengthen Social Security and Medicare. Mm. Been for single payer for over ten years. Mm-hmm. So please don't be discouraged. Keep up your have this wonderful combination of talent and dedication. So please keep up your wonderful work. Delphine, God bless. Delphine, thanks very much for the call and the comments. I, I really appreciate your candor as well. I think there's a lot of people who still feel that way, that uh, someone who is uh, is Muslim in their faith can't win in a state like Michigan. And so a vote for Abdul al-Sayed might make you feel good and, and might soothe your conscience but it's not a very practical way to try to get some of those things done. Have you heard much of that as well? Yeah, I'll just say thank you, Delphine, for the work that you do. Uh, and I really appreciate your candor. You know, one of the interesting things that we found is that we actually performed substantially better in, uh, in, in, in those outstate communities where people are not asking the second-order question about how they will react to my faith or my ethnicity. And um, what's ironic about it is that, you know, we, we actually won the city of Grand Rapids. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, folks told me from the beginning, you can't win out, out west. Don't you know those <laughs> folks? They just hate you. Um, and w- what I've found is that there is an ability to cut beyond the differences if you're willing to go out into communities to listen and to learn and to have the humility to turn that back into policies and then go back and just make sure that you got it right in the first place. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think that's why we performed as well outstate. Look, that being said, we have to remember that there is a very small, very vocal group of people who attempt to talk for everyone in rural, uh, traditionally, quote unquote, red communities. And if we give them power by allowing them to dictate what is possible and what is not, all we have done is disempowered ourselves and empowered them. And my hope is that over time, we can start to ask, what is the world we want to live in? And how do we act Mm. that world into possibility? How do we make that a a reality? Exactly. Because I'll just say this, you know, Barack Hussein Obama won Michigan twice. That's absolutely true. And he he performed really, really well in uh, in outstate communities. Uh, In fact, he had more challenges getting his own community behind him (laughs) than he did in appealing to folks outstate. And so, you know, when folks say, 
I don't know that you can win because you're Muslim. They're not betting against me. They're, they're betting against a lot of good people out there who deserve a chance to actually air themselves out yeah. and uh, to have their own say. And I hope, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't meant to be this time, uh, but I hope that in the future that we can move beyond that and that the Michigan that we're building is a place where it shouldn't matter what your name is or how you pray, but it should matter what you believe in and what you're willing to do to service those beliefs and to empower people. Yeah. Uh, we've only got about a minute left, mm-hmm. but I want to make sure to give you a chance to talk about whether you would do this again. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I'm always amazed at people who put themselves out there uh, in campaigns. I mean, the, you know, the, the, the personal toll that I see it take on everybody is, is really overwhelming. Is this something you would do again? I'll tell you, running a campaign is extremely challenging um, and very, very grueling, but the upside is amazing. And you get to meet people and they share things with you and they inspire you. Um, And that's more than worth it. So I do see myself doing it again. Who knows when, who knows where, but but I do see it happening. All right. Well, get some rest first and uh, we will see you in the future. Abdul El-Sayed, thanks very much for being here on Detroit Today. That's going to do it for me today. I will be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, the community service of Wayne State University. We will see you tomorrow.